From the creators of Circles of Faith, this is Slices of Life, where friends grow faith, enhance life, and build community together. I'm Kimberly Amici, and I'm here today with Elise Daly Parker and Noelle Rhodes. It's September, and that means back to school for our kiddos. The summer is officially over, and a new season is beginning, especially for recent high school grads who are now settling into college life. Thanks to technology, a quick search online can immediately give us lists upon lists about what every college student needs to know. This generation is way more prepared than I ever was when I left home for my freshman year of school. These lists are great. However, nothing beats hearing good advice coupled with personal experience. So my co-hosts and I are here to talk to you about the things we wish we knew when we went to college. This episode isn't just for recent high school grads or those anticipating going to college. It's perfect for parents, too, so you can start the conversation with your child about what they should know before they go. But before we get started, let's do what we do each week and ask an in-your-words questions. Ladies, I'd like to know, where did you go to college, and what made you choose that school? Elise, you want to start out? Sure. Um, I went to Boston College in uh, Chestnut Hill, Massachusetts, and honestly, a friend of mine, I was going to see University of New Hampshire, University of Vermont, all those places that I thought I really, really wanted to go, and a friend of mine said, you know, you should check out this place, Boston College, on your way there or from. Um, You might like it, and so I went up to see um, University of Vermont, University of New Hampshire, I think maybe Hartford was thrown in there, and I thought I wanted this beautiful, bucolic New England school. And actually, I was kind of like, wow, New Hampshire and and Vermont, they're kind of out there. They're kind of far away. (laughs) And on the way back, we stopped at Boston College. I was with my dad. And I think I had an interview at that time. And we just kind of walked around the campus. And I was absolutely blown away. This was the place I wanted to go. It was right outside of the city. It had a beautiful campus. Um, I just absolutely loved it and filled out an early application in the football stadium that day. Oh, fun. Wow. Yeah. What about you, Noelle? I went to um, Valley Forge Bible College, which is now, I think it's Valley Forge University. And uh, that's kind of a funny story. I was supposed to um, go to Marymount in Manhattan for acting because I was really involved in acting. And I got into um, the BFA program there and was excited. But um, that summer, I really kind of made a decision to follow the Lord and follow Jesus. And I thought that there's no better way of really showing that you are going to follow Jesus by just going to Bible college, which is kind of like a silly thing, but I was like, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to prove that I'm really, I really love him. So like literally <laughs> two weeks before school started, I told my parents and, um, they were a little bit shocked because it was sort of a big switch, but, um, they came around with the idea and I literally just picked the first Bible college that I saw and knew about and just went there like totally like no research nothing and um i studied youth ministry and uh, met my husband there and interestingly enough i became really good friends with um my professor and his family um and his daughter who was seven maybe even younger five when i met her she's actually here at my home this weekend visiting oh, me wow. oh, yeah oh, that's so it's awesome. kind of like yeah She's here. So, um, 
it's just kind of fun how after all these years, like those relationships are still really strong. So yeah. Very cool. Very cool. How about you, Kimberly? Well, I went to Syracuse university. Um, gosh, computers were so new in high school. And I remember being able to like check all these boxes off in some computer program in my counselor's office of all the things I wanted in schools. And it spit out my list. And so we literally just went through the list and started visiting some of those colleges. And I was looking at, I think, Pratt in the city, but also because it was an art school and then also um, some of the state schools. And when it came time to visit campuses, we literally drove around and um, visited each of them. And then when we got to Syracuse, we pulled onto campus. And within minutes, I was like, this is it. Because it was so different than the other schools I was looking at. Plus, I also wanted... um, you know, a, a school with a football team, because I was looking, I was comparing Syracuse to art schools in Manhattan, which obviously are so different. Um, yeah. But I kind of wanted the whole college experience. I didn't mm-hmm. know what okay. what sororities and fraternities were, but I knew I wanted those. I, you know, wanted a football team. I wanted like the rah-rah school yeah. spirit yeah. kind of thing that you got from one of these Division One big campus schools. And so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we kind of knew right away. I still applied to all of those schools. And when I got accepted to Syracuse, it was a no-brainer. It's nice when it's obvious. Yeah, yeah that was easy <laughs> when you think about it. Yeah. So, I mean, back when I went to school, the, the Internet wasn't even around. I mean, I guess it was when I was in college that it came out. And so I was clueless when I went away to school. I mean, like, I can't do what kids can do today. Just get online and find out what you need to know before you go to school. In fact, I did a quick Google search to kind of see what was out there. And immediately I found two articles, which I put in the show notes. One was called 31 Things Every College Student Needs to Know, and that's from Pop Sugar. And that's more of like the fun things about college you need to know. And then 31 Things You Need to Know About College from College Bound Network, and that's kind of like the more serious stuff about classes, about registration, about financial aid. And again, all these things, I, I had no idea. Um, my I was the first on both sides of my family to go to college, and so my parents wow. really didn't know either. Um, and wow, I don't even... Cool. I, the, the only people I knew going to college were my friends that I was graduating with. Yeah. yeah. We really were clueless. Um, I mean, the only things I knew about college is, was the few people that were maybe a year or two ahead of me that I worked with. But when they talked to me, all they told me about was the partying and how good it was to be away from parental guidance. I mean, that was yeah. what I knew about college. <laughs> um, so they weren't, they certainly weren't sharing any useful advice with me. Right. Um, I mean, literally, when we went to school, I didn't have anything that I needed for my dorm room. I don't even know if we knew we needed that stuff. Like, nowadays, the advertisements for Bed Bath & Beyond and these other stores right. come out in the middle of the summer, and it's these dorm room packages, and get this and get that. And we literally showed yes. up at my dorm room, and we were like, oh, we need to go shopping. And so we immediately <laughs> found the nearest Walmart, and I think that was the most money my parents have ever spent on me. I was in awe of, like, just their willingness uh-huh. to be like, you need this, you need this, you need this. And they just you know, bought everything that I needed. I and it was, it was a really nice experience to be able f- for them to do that for me. Yes. But that's how clueless I was. And so I'm really excited to talk about 
the things that we've all learned in college that we didn't know. Hopefully things that yeah. we can pass on to, you know, kids that are planning on going next year or, or even who are already there. Noelle, give us just one thing that you wish you knew when you went to college or one thing that you learned that you think would be helpful. Well, I think um, a big thing for me was just to um, to completely give yourself the grace that f- your own faith is progressing. So if you are a college student who maybe grew up in a Christian home, um, this is kind of your first time when you're looking for maybe a church to attend that your parents, you know, haven't raised you in or finding a group of um people who also love Jesus, like, you know, that can be very intimidating, but also you kind of have this pressure that you're supposed to kind of figure this all out in this, um, four years. And for me, I really had to learn that like every year of my life, I really need to give myself the grace and permission to allow my faith to progress and to know that I'm not going to know everything. I'm not going to have the answers to everything. So when I'm talking to my friends who may not share the same faith in me and they're challenging me on stuff, I would like freak out because I'm like, well, I don't know the answer to that. And I should know, Mm. but you know, you're growing in it. You're learning more in it. And it's okay to say, you know what? This is what I've chosen to believe, but I'm growing in this and I'm still learning about it and I don't have all the answers. And, you know, just to be very open in that, I think for me personally, is I thought once I turn 18, I really need to know everything. And and maybe I kind of believe that, that I did know everything. And um, <laughs> that probably wasn't very helpful either, but in my faith, it was really important for me to kind of get that. Cause when I came to like, maybe those moments where I'm like, I didn't understand, um, why God allowed something, or maybe there was just something that was being challenged in my faith. It made me feel very uncomfortable and very insecure and produced a lot of anxiety in me. And so, um, now looking back, I wish that someone just said, look, you're, you're still learning. We're all still learning. We never figured it out. Give yourself permission to just be a, a student at the foot of Jesus and and be okay with that each year of your life. You're going to know a little bit more. So I think it's really important too, to get in, to try to find a group, whether it's an organized group on your campus or a college group in a local church nearby. I think it is helpful to have people your age who have chosen to have the same faith, to, um, you know, chosen to follow Jesus so they can be praying for you and that together you can learn this. I think that that's really important. Then you don't feel so alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you'll find those people on campus. I know that I, um, for a short time was a part of campus crusade for Christ. They had, um, a group on my campus. Now they're called crew. Um, but it was nice to know that every Thursday I had a place to go and I could interact with people that shared my faith. Um, but what, what you were saying earlier about your knowledge and your faith changing and growing, I think I was surprised that there were so many people with opinions at college, right? I think yeah. that when you grow up in your own neighborhood, everyone starts to talk about the same things, think the same things. I mean, I know that's yeah. a broad stroke, but when you get to college, the diversity of opinions and how passionate people are that are your age, right? Thinking about yeah. things you never thought about, and it can be a little intimidating and it can be challenging, Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. 
It's funny. Um, it, it, I, I like the way you put that, Kimberly, that you didn't know that people would come to college with, with such strong opinions. It's really, yeah. really <laughs> true. And actually, even though Boston College is a Catholic university, um, I had not gone to Catholic school all my life. I had gone to like fourth grade, and I'm sure it was influential, but not in ways that I remember. And man, yeah. when I when I first got to Boston College, it's, I don't think it's any longer this way, although it certainly has this element, but um, it was really pretty much everybody had gone to Catholic school all the way through high school, and now oh, really? this was just the next step. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Wow. I was one of the few people that had not gone to Catholic school and came from Montclair, which was really people would come to Montclair and be like, oh, my gosh, we're in another world. And I'm talking I'm not talking about kids that were from, you know, um, the Midwest or something. I'm talking about lots of kids from Long Island, lots of kids from Connecticut, um, New Jersey, New York, different parts of New York. But they they definitely had been in Catholic schools all their lives. And so they had a different sort of, I don't know, different upbringing than I had. I found that wow. interesting. Yeah, that, yeah, that's a fun part part about school, meeting people yeah. that really come from different walks of life and different areas of the country. I mean, our country is so diverse. You know, even towns over from where each of us live. You right. know, you go yeah. any one direction, anywhere, and it, it drastically changes. But I don't think you always get exposed to that. I mean, you do in a little way, but not until you get to college. And it's just so fun to meet different people. It is. Yes. It is. Yeah. Um, I will step in to say what is one of the things that I wish I had known when I first got to college. Um, and that is I, I had been very comfortable in my hometown and had been through the public schools with, you know, the same people for, um, I guess, 12 years or something like that. And um, 10, 12 years. And I was landed in this foreign place and everybody seemed to have friends. Everybody seemed to be well connected. And I felt so lonely. I was absolutely Mm. devastated. Um, I remember calling my sister, my older sister from the hall phone and saying, um, you know, I, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. I, I'm not, I don't fit in here. I don't know anybody. Everybody seems to be having fun and be, you know, be going off and and having breakfast and lunch and dinner together. And I just, I, this is terrible. And this is like the first, you know, maybe three days or so. And my sister said, just look, look for a group of people, go up to them and just say, Hey, how are you doing? I'm Elise. And, um, of course, I didn't want to do that, but I did it. I, I walked down my hall, and there was a bunch of girls in one room. And I walked in, and I just said, hi, I'm Elise. And I actually said, hi, I'm Elise, and I'm lonely. <laughs> and they were like, come on in. And honestly, that was the last, um, that was the last truly lonely day I spent at Boston College. After wow. that, it was Okay. Gosh, that's all you have to do. All right. I can do that. I mean, I certainly had my moments. I'm not going to say it was all perfection, but, um, I definitely, that was something that, um, I thought, I thought I was suddenly a freak. And in fact, a lot of people were feeling the same way I was. And a lot of people, and I think that that has not changed. Mm -hmm. So um, you're not alone. Step out of your comfort zone, just an inch. And you'll probably meet somebody who is dying to meet you. That would be my, but I wish I knew. Yeah, I mean, most people um, are in the same boat in that they are looking to make friends and meet people. I was in an all-girls dorm my freshman year, and we all had single rooms. 
It's just because oh. of the dorm we were put in. So I didn't have that like instant connection with okay. someone that I knew at least was going to help me get through the first week. Um, but it was pretty yeah. easy and it was a lot of like knocking on doors to see who's here and introduce yourselves to one another. And, you know, I probably remember that group of girls that lived on my floor individually have memories of them more so than maybe anybody else that I've met throughout the years because I don't know, it was such a unique time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And kind of, um, what you were saying, Elise, about meeting people, mm-hmm. I would say find your people would be, mm. um, my recommendation. I mean, I had certainly found it easy to meet girls in the first week, but it wasn't until I got involved with things that I was actually interested in that I started to make some really good friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, but I also look back and I think that I didn't take advantage of the activities and the clubs that my school had. And I think maybe kids today are a little bit more aware of getting involved in the organizations and clubs and activities because it's all about that college application and having these things on your application as the things that you've done and the things that you're involved in. Right. Yeah. But I think that, um, It's important to seek out those opportunities and don't be afraid to go to, you know, a meeting that you saw a flyer about or, um, you know, start asking around for the things you're interested in and and try to connect with people that way, too. Yeah, Yeah, I think that's that's a great idea. I think that kids do have more of a tendency to do more activities, even in high school and and younger. In fact, I think they're many of them are overbooked, but um, Mm -hmm. I think that carries over into college more now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. However, yeah. I still I, I, I still think it's a good reminder, Kimberly, that you know, go to that 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 meeting that sounds a little intriguing, maybe something yeah. you wouldn't be part of um, mm-hmm. at home and really take advantage of being able to broaden your horizons. I, mm-hmm. I, I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah, your parents aren't around to sign you up for things or to drive you to things or to get you to do no. things. So no. it's up to you now to decide what yeah. you want to do and then make the commitment and show up. Mm-hmm. And that's probably that's- half the battle is just showing up. Every time you yes. show up, there's potential for new connections yeah. and new interests to develop and new things to happen in your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So that would bring me to another one that I, that I've thought of. Shall I, shall I share that one? Yes, please. Um, kind of in keeping with what you're saying, Kimberly, I just feel, I remember, um, not taking advantage of, particularly for me, it was the academics. Like I loved psychology and I loved English and I studied both. And of course, you know, you have to do a lot of, at least at Boston college, there were a lot of, um, the core requirement kind of stuff. So you had to do all that. But I sort of landed my senior year and was like, oh my gosh, I wish I had taken these academics more seriously. Like when Mm. will I ever have the opportunity to immerse myself fully in an academic environment, um, you know, where I can learn about all kinds of things and and really um, delve into it. So I definitely remember thinking, oh, geez, I wish I had realized this sooner, that um, this, you know, on a certain level, you know it, yeah. but in, in a, in a, I, I wish I had known how special, how um, unique this four years was, and not just for the social party stuff, which I, I did do plenty of, 
but really for like the academics, the learning, and maybe even the activities too. I did not, gosh, I can't remember being part of much, to be honest. The one thing we did do, and I'm so glad we did, was we did, I was part of the first Appalachian Volunteer Corps, um, which we went on a student-run trip to Appalachia to, you know, sort of... Um, sort of minister to those in the Appalachian Mountains. And, of course, you know how that goes. They they, um, minister to us as much as we minister to them. But I'm talking about, you know, this little hollow that we went to visit where the houses were all on stilts and Hmm. uh, the waters came came through and would, you know, knock their house. I mean, it just was grave poverty. But anyway, um, so I'm glad I took advantage of that one thing. But um, and that was not, everybody was not going to Costa Rica back then (laughs) (laughs) or wherever they're going now, you know, service trips were really new. (laughs) So I am glad I, I'm really glad I did that, that one thing. Um, but yeah, I think it's just like, try things, dabble in things. Don't be afraid to to check it out. And, um, also remember that this is as precious four years academically. I think that's really important. Well, I think part of my problem was, and this is definitely on my list, was I took way too many naps because I was partying (laughs) way too much. So I spent a lot of time playing and then lost, lost the urgency to do some of maybe the activities that I was signed up for. So like the consistency went away. I was like, oh, this is a great idea. And then I was like, oh, but I, you know, I wasted a lot of time. Mm-hmm. trying to fit in and make connections, partying. And so then when it came time to actually participate in other things that took me showing up maybe once a week or took me yeah. getting involved or doing my part, I kind of like wasn't really super consistent in them. And it, and it definitely was a waste of time. And like you said, this precious four years where really everything is at your feet and you really can take advantage of the unique academics, unique activities. I did do racquetball. So I took, you know, some, but there were so many other classes I could have taken and I just, I didn't. And unfortunately I think it was partial laziness. Um, so I would say, you know, my, my big, uh, if I could tell myself to do it over again, I would say, um, stop taking naps while you should be a class. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good one. Um, as a parent, because, I'd like to tell my own children yeah. that one. Because when you have to take the class over because you failed it, you have to pay for it again. Yes, so you do. So even though we don't really <laughs> see it and you think it's all included, it's not all included. No. <laughs> the naps cost a price. So really, like, pay, pay the price to be involved in groups. Pay the price to be involved in activities. Pay the price. And when I say pay the price, I mean don't squander it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, make the commitment. Mm-hmm. Don't squander it because you. At the end of the day, you won't regret. You'll regret the naps you took. You'll regret the mo- mornings you slept in. You'll regret the night you partied so much you missed an opportunity. You won't regret the the organizations and activities that you were involved with. True, I agree. Yeah. One thing I would also say is when you're at university, college, don't be. Um, you know, don't underestimate all that mentorship that's available to you through your professors Mm, That's good. in the, in the subjects that you have chosen to study. And for me personally, um, this was totally by accident. I did not intentionally do this, but I just kind of like, 
when I was in school, there's a professor that I really thought was interesting or, um, I liked the things they were teaching. I just was that kind of personality where I would go up and be like, I have a question or can I like volunteer in your department and just to be around you more so I can learn more from you. And that's my own personal kind of personality that would do that. But Mm -hmm. man, did I get a lot of cool opportunity Mm -hmm. because of that. And I was able to build friendship with some of these professors who they're professors for a reason. They're an expert in what they're teaching. And um, we still are friends. Like both my husband and I went to the same college and we just um, there was one professor in particular that we kind of two actually that we really kind of both latched to and we still have friendships with these people. And, um, I think it's important to do that. This is a great connection. This is someone who has studied something or is an expert in what you are studying and what you have chosen to do with your life, you know, which may change, but why not maximize that and learn from them and ask questions? And cause when are you going to be around them like this? Yeah. It's so good. Those, Those are connections. Those connections sometimes are far better than getting perfect grades in a class. Yeah. Because it opens up opportunity for you. So many doors were opened up to us, Mm -hmm. you know, even, even the fact that we lived in Northern Ireland for five and a half years really had to do with one professor that we'd met Mm -hmm. and told us about Northern Ireland and then took us on a trip. Um, our particular major went on a trip there. And so for us, it was just really big. Cause I, I always tell people who are in college, like if there's a professor that you love, like, Mm -hmm. Be nice to them, you know, yeah. and uh, become friends with them and talk to them and ask them questions and allow them to speak into your world because what they have to offer is gold. Yeah. Mm, I love that, Noelle. I think that, um, you know, I think kids are very intimidated by their professors, um, partially because professors are in charge of their grades. But yeah. I think, you know, as you said, they're, they, they're experts and they've chosen to impart their expertise. So yes. they, they, that they are, you know, offering something. And I, I don't know if, if kids do take as much advantage of that as, as they could. Um, yeah. I know I had a freshman teacher who was tremendously instrumental in my life. And I don't know, maybe she was an adjunct at the time. You know, I don't even know if the adjuncts like existed or whether or not she was <laughs> actually a professor, like a full professor. But, um, the way that she really, well, she had us over to her house for pizza, which was extraordinary. I had never heard of anything like that. And, um, you know, it really, she really did impact me. She's really the reason I'm a, I'm a writer. Um, and you know, very cool. So I agree. I think there's amazing people, amazing teachers, amazing professors, visiting professors on campuses and, um, kids probably have an impression that they're, Many of them are more willing to meet with them on a one-on-one yes. basis or have e- even a cup of coffee together than they than than kids realize. Mm-hmm. Love that. And I always tell I always tell students, you know, really, um, most professors are not really in it for the money. <laughs> no, it's not like you make sure. a lot of money as a professor. You really right. are in it because you love what you teach and you want to give something. And like you said, Lise, I had a professor who sadly um, passed away a few years ago, but her name was Professor Gable, and she was, uh, I just loved her. She was my English professor, then she became my creative writing professor, and I took all of the classes that she had to offer because I just loved her so much. And she was the one that really was like, Noelle, 
you can write, you should be, you should be writing. And I just, what she said to me meant so much and really impacted kind of just my life. Like you were saying, so, you know, don't be intimidated. This is, they, professors want to give you something and no better time. You got four years to glean, glean as much as you can. Yeah, right. absolutely. I definitely didn't think that I, I definitely didn't know to ask for help or to take my education a step further. I had a really rough time my sophomore year because my boyfriend had passed away the summer before. So I was back to school a month after he died and my sophomore year academically was a mess. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it took a teacher like literally more than halfway through the semester to be like, so what's going on with you? And when I told her, she's Mm -hmm. like, why haven't you told anybody? Like you're not. And I wasn't, that was the year I was not out partying. Like it wasn't like Mm. I was, had a nasty attitude and I didn't want to be there. It was, she was just like, and I remember her bringing me into her office and she's like, let's like work through this, you know? And, um, and, 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 and at one point I was even connected with people on campus that could talk to me. Um, and talk me through my grief and yeah, I mean, they're there because they want to help you. And it, and it took yeah. her reaching out to me, not me going to the teacher and saying, Hey, like I can't focus on my work or I'm not getting this, or I'm just, I'm having a really yeah. rough time handing this in because last mm-hmm. night was really rough for me. And yeah. so I, I didn't even think to ask anybody. I just assumed that I was there and I didn't have any any resources. And, you know, to be honest, yeah. I don't even think my parents knew, like, I don't know that they, they even told anybody that I had experienced this. I mean, who, yeah. who would know, right? I mean, who do you call? It's not like nowadays where you meet with the teacher and you kind of explain to them what's yeah. going on at home, but, um, yeah. really just, they're there for you. I mean, they're there because they want to invest in the next generation and, that's yeah. right. um, yeah, definitely take advantage of that and don't feel like you can't reach out to them. And if there's one professor that's not particularly um, helpful, that's one. That's not all of them. Like there's right. other yeah. people out there. There's yeah. other yeah. people that would love to mentor, would love to um, walk through things with you. And so, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, love that. One of the things that I did because I was in the situation that I was in and having trouble with my grades and having trouble with what I went through, um, that following year, I guess the summer after my sophomore year, I took a few classes at the local community college to bring my GPA up. Now, I didn't really have a choice, but I think that kids forget that that's a really great way to take a class that's maybe particularly hard and they can mm-hmm, focus yeah. on it mm-hmm. or that mm-hmm. it's a way to kind of get a jump start. Like maybe if you take the math class you don't like that's required of you during the summer, not only can you yeah. focus on it, but then that frees you up to take something that you're really, really interested in during the school year. And so True. I think yeah. we forget that that's an option. If you take a class at a local community college, it's far cheaper than taking it at the, mm-hmm. whatever, you know, whatever college mm-hmm. you might be going to. And mm-hmm. if, you know, the, make sure the trans, the credits transfer, but I think it's a really great way right. to, um, get ahead of yourself, um, to help you not be so stressed out or have such a big workload mm-hmm. in the year. So that's something I probably will suggest yeah, for my good kids. Idea. And especially with online classes now, like you could take an online class from your yeah. university over the summer and kind of get some credits out of the way. And I think that's really helpful. Yeah. Love it. Mm-hmm. Great idea. I, you know, I would say, you know, as far as friendship goes, the, this time when you're building friendship with people in college is very special. 
it's kind of one of the few seasons in life where you're doing the same exact thing with the person that you're pretty much living in proximity with, you know? So I made some very close friendships in college and um, loved it. But then when I graduated, we all moved to different places. And I mourned that a little bit. So I say just really um, recognize this is a unique season. College is a unique season in so many different facets. So really enjoy your friendships with these people and recognize that you may not have this opportunity again to see each other every single day, take the same classes, um, you know, just be doing the same exact thing. And I have a few friends from college I'm still really close to speak to all the time. And then I have a few that I don't get a chance to, um, mm-hmm. just because seasons have changed. So for me, that was a big thing that I wish someone had told me was that, you know, this is a unique time in friendship yeah. and it will change yeah. and it's normal that it will change. Right. Right. Yeah, I would agree. Um, Socially speaking, it's like you're in this little bubble. And after that first hurdle of um, getting to know a few people, it really is set up to be convenient and fun and easy to, you know, go visit somebody in your sweats or whatever. And um, that part of it is, is unique and wonderful and awesome and to be, I think, taken advantage of. And, um, you know, I guess I would say, um, maybe I, I, I guess I would caution against too much partying. I mean, you know, mm. Kimberly, you kind of touched on it and I talked about the things that I wish I had done differently. And, and I think part of that is because, um, part of it I know is because I, I was so interested in the social scene, um, yeah. And, and while that's really fun, and I don't know if there's anything you can do about that when you're that age. I mean, it's really so important <laughs> for us to belong and be part of what's happening. Um, God forbid I, I missed a party opportunity. And again, I'm not just talking about, wow, party. I'm talking about the social, the, the, the desire yeah. to be part of what was happening socially. Um, but I get and So I, I absolutely agree to take advantage of those opportunities. Um, but I also would say temper it, you know, um, this one gathering because maybe there's something more important going on. Maybe there is an activity. That's probably part of why we didn't do so many activities is because, um, you know, as you said, um, Kimberly, I wasn't a nap taker, but you know, I might've been preparing for (laughs) an evening out of some sort that I, where I could have been doing something differently. So, um, that, that social need, I, I don't know. Again, I don't know if we can change that at that age. It's it's pretty intense. But um, yeah. I think it's important to consider. Um, you know, it's okay yeah. if I miss this. And um, I don't think we're big at prioritizing at that age. And that's, I guess, what I'm mm. basically talking about. Yeah. Um, what are the things that are most important to you? When you start out in that college process, think about it heading in. What is most important to you? What do you want those four years to look like? And what do you want to have at the end of those four years? Um, because, again, I don't think I even thought about that. I just thought, yeah, I'm going to yeah. college. No, I'm going to study absolutely. psychology, English. And, and then I'm going to graduate. And yeah. that was kind of it. <laughs> do you know what? So, I think college is an incredible opportunity to learn how to manage your freedom. Yeah. You know, you're free to 
you party, you're free to take your classes, you, you have all these choices. This is a great time to learn, though, how to manage that in a way that best serves your life. And um, you're going to make mistakes along the way, you know, so pick yourself up, give yourself grace, move forward. But you're right, Elise, you know, partying all the time is not going to best serve your life. Right. You know, sure, there's bigger dreams you have. So mm-hmm. learn to manage your freedom. Yeah. I like that. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. When I look back on the people that were more successful in school, it's because they had the end in mind Mm. and they had their priorities in order. They knew that this was a season and they knew where they wanted to be when they were all done. And then also I think of other people who had interests and were involved in things that were important to them. And so when I think of friends who were athletes, they would come out not as often as everybody else. And when they came out, they weren't drinking because they had to be up the next morning for practice or Mm. they had some place to be. And so I think that um, really getting involved with things that interest you and being surrounded by people that have the same interests, Mm -hmm. it creates an environment where you're almost too busy to deal with stuff that's not that fruitful. Not to say that you're never going to go out, but that you have other things in mind. You have, and I just wasn't, unfortunately, was never interested in anything enough to prevent me from doing what it was that I was doing. Yeah. And I don't know if it's because, obviously it's not because I didn't have interest. I just don't think that I connected with the right people that were doing the things that would have really held and captivated my attention and my interest. And I just wasn't thinking that the the end game, what I wanted to do or be, or what I wanted out of my college experience. I wasn't thinking like that. Yeah. And so I guess I would say, um, set boundaries because really people Mm -hmm. respect them. And I know the people that I knew in college that set boundaries on their drinking, on their activities or what they were willing to do or where they were willing to go. People respected them. I think that people are scared to set boundaries because they want to be accepted and they're worried if they do something that's different from the group, then they're not going to be accepted. I mean, that's kind of a universal principle, but I feel like it's um, just boiled down so much in college, right? Because it's not like you get to go home and be away from the people that you're involved with. They literally live like two doors down from you or across the hall from you or they're like, it just, everything's so gosh, I don't even know the word I'm looking for. Well, everybody and everything is so accessible at all times. Yeah. And that's good. Mm. And that's also bad. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Definitely. I mean, you know, and, and I think about like one of the things that I was a little bit known for, was that if I were, if it was study period, I would have a shoe in my door to keep it open just Mm. a bit. (laughs) And the the sign, you know, that was like, I'm studying, but yes, you can come in. And Mm. again, there's something I like, I liked that part of my life because um, it didn't mean that a big group was going to gather, but somebody was going to pop in and feel okay about doing it, despite the fact that some of us were absolutely hysterical about our final grades and, and final exams and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, again, there's this, there's like a balance because for me, relationships, and I'm not, again, here, here, I'm not, here I'm not talking about the party thing. I'm talking more about real relationships. Mm-hmm. That was very important to me. And um, I wanted 
that was more important to me in many ways than the big scene. And, um, you know, I, I don't know if I spent enough time with that. Um, I think I, mm-hmm. I was running to the next big thing and yeah. what I craved, of course, which isn't going to be a big surprise to us is, is that, that, that deeper relationship, that one-on-one and, um, and that takes some intentionality as well. Mm. Definitely. Well, any final thoughts, ladies? I, I, again, I, I just think um, when you approach college um, and when you begin the whole process, think about, be a little bit mindful of what you're doing and how very short these four years is. I remember getting actually a call from my daughter, um, Farrell, who's very good at taking advantage of um, the opportunities around her. She went to Boston University and it was there were so many opportunities and so many options. Literally within the first few weeks of school, she said to me, Mom, there is, I, I'm thinking already, I can't believe this is only going to be four years. How am I going to do all these things that I want to do in four years? And wow. I think um, I was sad to hear it almost. I was like, oh, no, don't start thinking that way. But, but it, was a good, it was a good point. Maybe that's where I got that concept from because um, Mm -hmm. she really saw that there was so much that she could take advantage of and that they were four short years. And so I would, I would say, yeah, be mindful of that. Don't get bummed out about it the second you step on, on campus, but be mindful of the things that you really care about and, and don't be afraid to pursue them and don't be afraid to step out of your little circle that you identify Mm -hmm. as your, you know, your, your, um, your anchor when you first get there, your, your people that thank God you're meeting, <laughs> which may, yeah. which may and often does change after freshman year because you have to, you've sort of been thrown together and not, yeah. uh, haven't made friends that you kind of went after, but you, you've made them yeah. because yeah. they live next door. So yeah, I think that, um, um, I, I appreciate that perspective that my daughter Farrell shared with me and it stayed with me. I would say as well that if you are a person who is sitting here today and thinking, well, I don't really know what I want to do with my life, um, I would say college is a great opportunity to learn how to be a really decent human being and practice kindness and um, practice uh, discipline, like, you know, getting up a a decent hour in the morning and all these things will serve you later on. Yes. Um, so if you're sitting there thinking, Oh my gosh, I don't know what I want to do. Well, you know what? This is a great opportunity for you to, um, practice getting out of your comfort zone and signing up for the activity or, you know, maybe getting a part-time job if you have the opportunity and it's, it's going to be doable. But, you know, just because you may not know what career you want to do, this is a great time to grow and be a really wonderful human being that is helpful and um, loving to others and will have a lot to contribute to this world. Mm -hmm. Love that. And I guess what I would say, something we haven't really touched on yet, is that, yes, this is a really exciting time in your life, but it's okay to be homesick. And that you're not Mm -hmm. the only one. And just because people Mm -hmm. aren't talking about it doesn't mean that people aren't experiencing it. And it's okay. And call home when you need to call home. And, you know, stay rooted in where you came from. But don't let that stop you from the new chapter in your life. Mm. That's good. That's a good one, too. Yep. Yep. Awesome.
thanks so much, ladies, for talking about this. Um, would you just go ahead and let us know where we can find you around the Internet? Okay. You can find me at EliseDailyParker.com, and that kind of gives you the information on my other places, but I would say pretty much always at Elise Daily Parker. Noelle? Yes, you can find me at uh, noelleroads.com. That's spelled N-O-E-L-L-E-R-H-O-D-E-S. And I'm on Twitter, just Noelle Rhodes, and I'm on Instagram at NP Rhodes. So uh, don't be a stranger. <laughs> and you can find me at KimberlyAmici.com. And on Twitter and Instagram, I'm Kimberly Amici. And I'm on Facebook as Living in the Sweet Spot. As we've mentioned before, everything we talked about today can be found in the show notes. We also have a Facebook community for our listeners. You can find the link to that group in our show notes as well. We'd love for you to get online and tell us where you went to school, how you got there, and we'd even love to hear your advice to the next generation of college students. We'd love for you to share this episode with a friend. Don't forget to subscribe to our show in iTunes and Stitcher. And if you have a chance, leave a review. Let us know what you think of the show. We'd love to hear about it. We're also on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as Circles of Faith. Thank you.